0: Now, we are continuing in the third part of our sermon series called Present, exploring the person, presence, and power of the Holy Spirit. We've been looking at his power in the life of the follower of Jesus, and today we're specifically looking at the power of the Holy Spirit to give us gifts to use for both the common good and the advancement of the good news of Jesus. And this is actually kind of concluding a two-part mini-series. Two weeks ago, we looked at the fruit of the Spirit, and now we're looking at the gifts of the Spirit. And I want to kind of begin by talking about what does it look like to partner together with the Holy Spirit if you are a follower of Jesus. So we kind of have been hanging our hat in this little mini-series on Galatians 5, verse 16. It says, this is Paul giving instruction to his friends. He says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of of the flesh. So there is a war battling between us. We actually talked about this last week when we took a break from our series and we, uh, with a sermon titled "Welcome to Your Funeral," about dying to ourselves so we might embrace the life of Christ. And there is a war, even if you are a follower of Jesus, between our natural inclinations, called the flesh, and then the the spiritual leading of God, which is called the Spirit. And we do experience, even followers of Jesus, even Christians experience the pull of the flesh. But as we walk by the Spirit in obedience, He actually produces inside of us significant change that then expresses itself outwardly to influence others. So the invitation is to walk by the Spirit and not gratify kind of the natural base inclinations of our flesh. And so that means that you and I have a choice. We can either submit to the Holy Spirit or we can resist him and quench his power in our lives. My friends, you and I can't change ourselves though. Like we can't just muster up enough courage to change ourselves, but we can choose to submit. We can actually choose to surrender to the Holy Spirit if we are a follower of Jesus. And then he's the one that does the work. So Galatians 5.25 says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk By the Spirit. So that means that you can be alive to Christ. You can do what we talked about last week, which is dying to yourself, surrendering, choosing to follow Jesus, but you can also not be walking by the Holy Spirit and you can be a christian but not submitted to the holy spirit's power and here's the deal your life is just going to be worse if you do that like god has designed these things to help us he's designed these things so that we can thrive and your life will be better if you surrender to the will of god in your life if you surrender to his holy spirit who lives inside of you and then he then, then he will empower you. And we talked a couple weeks ago about the fruit of the Spirit with the character of Jesus. And in this week, we're talking about how he will empower you with specific gifts to, to be like Jesus in Jesus' service to us. So the choice really is ours, whether or not we will grow or not. And it's not, again, by just doing a bunch of actions to grow, but whether we will truly do the hard work to surrender and die to ourselves. So the, the work really here is to submit and walk, not to produce life change within ourselves. And actually, what we talked about a couple weeks ago, I talked about the fruit of the Spirit. We talked about how we would be changed to reflect the character of Jesus, Right? That's the fruit of the Spirit. But today we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit, how we are changed to reflect the servanthood of Jesus. And so with that, here's our main point for today. As we walk by the Spirit and submit to his power within us, we are given significant and special gifts and empowered to serve like Jesus served. And so, the the fruit of the Spirit is the character of Jesus reproduced in his people. And the gifts of the Spirit are the actions of Jesus reproduced in his people. And the best way to see that is in 1 Corinthians 12 to 14. That actually goes through an extensive, exhaustive understanding of the spiritual gifts. Although there are elsewhere in the Bible, um, 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, and specifically today we're looking at chapter 12, and then we're going to look at chapter 14 in a few weeks as we talk about the gift of tongues and what that is. But those are kind of a great place to hang your hat if you want to read about spiritual gifts. So we're going to talk about three things today. We're going to see how different gifts are empowered by the triune God. That's going to relate to our giftings, right? Next, we're going to talk about how different parts are of one unified body. That's going to talk about the church. And then finally, we're going to see how different roles accomplishing one mission. That's going to talk about our purpose. So first, let's talk about our giftings, different gifts empowered By the triune God. Look with me at 1 Corinthians 12 as we open up this conversation about spiritual gifts. Now, this is Paul writing to the church in Corinth. He says, Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Now, for those of you who might not know a little bit about me, I am a lifelong Los Angeles Lakers basketball fan. My dad was a Lakers fan. We had a Lakers room in our house that was covered with Lakers memorabilia. And one of my favorite players is Shaquille O'Neal. Now, if you don't know about Shaquille O'Neal, he is really well known for dominating. He's like seven foot seven, and he's built like a brick house. Like this guy is crazy huge. But he had one weakness. I'm going to show you a picture right up here if it's not already up there, and that's him taking free throws. Now, for those of you who are following sports in the 90s and the early 2000s, this was a bane of Shaq's existence. He actually, I was researching the, the, the picture for the sermon, and I came across a quote from him in 2017 where he actually says that he thinks that his his terrible free throw percentage was God's way of keeping him humble. That's what he said. He said, the way I played, and he said, I was so dominating. He said, I'd probably be so arrogant. And this was God's way of saying, hey, buddy, you're just like everybody else. Well, I don't actually, I'm not here to argue that God made Shaq lose his free throws. I actually don't think that's right. I think it's kind of funny that he said that. Um, But I also think that he's mentioned it's God's way of telling him he's just like everybody else. He was a seven foot seven basketball player who dominated the sport for like 20 years. He's not like you and me. He's like astronomically amazing in so many ways. However, what was interesting about Shaq is that he was incredibly dominating on the court uh, for years, decades, won multiple championships. However, he had a really powerful weakness called free throws. And so people would intentionally foul him and then he would just continually miss the free throws. Now, um it, this is what, I, I bring this up because I want to talk about the church in Corinth and make a connection between Corinth and Shack. okay? So the church in Corinth was like a church gone wild. There was a lot of sexual promiscuity in the church. There was, um, there was just absolutely wild parties going on. They were speaking in tongues and saying, if you didn't speak in tongues, you weren't a Christian. And we're going to talk about that actually in a few weeks. And what they were doing in Corinth, was emphasizing one spiritual gift, the gift of tongues, over all the others. And pretty much said, if you're not good at this, you just shouldn't be with us. And that is as crazy as us turning to one of the most dominant basketball players to ever play the game and say, if you're not good at free throws, we don't want you to play the game. that's kind of what they were doing. They were saying if you're not good at one specific gift then we don't want you in our church and we really don't care about all these other things that you're doing. So Paul is writing to correct them like a good coach, right? Like Phil Jackson was the coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. He is writing to the church in Corinth and he's trying to coach them. He's trying to help them say that there's actually a variety of gifts that God's Spirit gives, that there's a variety of roles in the church and we need all of them to work together just like a good basketball team needs a variety of people working in concert together in order to accomplish the goals what paul is trying to say is that it's important about diversity not uniformity he was saying that we're a team and we're one team with different players one team different roles but then what's really fascinating about that that corinthians 12 4 through 6 passage we read a minute ago is that it's actually connecting our service in the church to the character of God himself. And the church is actually reflecting the triune character of God because it says now there's a variety of gifts but the same spirit, variety of service but the same Lord, variety of activities, but it's the same God, and so we actually see this beautiful breakdown where Paul is helping us see that gifts and service and activities relate to different elements of the Trinity, so we're talking about gifts, these supernatural empowerments from the Holy Spirit, what he's saying is that just like the Holy Spirit has a contributions to make to the Trinity, is part of the Trinity, the Trinity is one God in three persons, the Holy Spirit is a person, diversity within unity, He's saying that we have contributions that we can make, right? And then he talks about this idea of service, right? It's reflecting. When we serve one another, we use these spiritual gifts that God gives us, it reflects the servant ministry of Jesus, how we actually follow in the footsteps Of Jesus, and finally, he's talking about the activities, and that word "activities" is is very rare. It literally means an effective power behind an activity. So there's a variety of activities, right? He says there's a variety of activities, but the same God. It's essentially saying there's a there's an effective power that's working behind the action to get things done, and that is God, our Father. That's really talking about being empowered. By God Himself. And so we see how this works together in the Trinity. And the church models the Trinity when we serve together. And we're serving together for the common good. Look with me at verse 7 of 1 Corinthians 12. It says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good and i want you to think about this for the rest of chapter 12 like the topic sentence you ever have to write a topic sentence or a thesis sentence when you were like in middle school or something you had to write one sentence that summarizes everything else you're going to talk about well that's what paul is saying here is that each is given a manifestation the empowerment of the spirit for the common good and it's to do good things for others. There is a common good purpose for the Christian to receive actually gifts from God, like abilities from God, and to be empowered by God to then serve others for the common good. Look with me as we continue. First Corinthians 12, 8 to 11, then kind of fleshes out what some of these things are. He says, for to one is given through the spirit, the gifts of wisdom and to another, the utterance of knowledge, according to the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, to another, the workings of miracles, to another prophecy, to another, the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another, various kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So we actually see that he's saying that here's all these incredible gifts and the Holy Spirit is apportioning. He is making decisions about which gifts and what types of gifts that the people within his church will receive. Now, when you look at lists in the Bible, lists are actually hard. Um, This is not an exhaustive or comprehensive list. Paul is kind of doing this off the cuff. And it would be kind of like you and I were having a conversation, and I say, man, I really love trucks like Toyota Tundras or Ford F-150s or Chevy Silverado's. Now, if you were talking to me, right, you wouldn't think that there's only three trucks in the world, right? Toyota Tundra, Ford F-150, Chevy Silverado. You wouldn't think that I thought that there was only three trucks in the world, but I'm kind of using that as a representative example, or I'm just kind of giving you kind of an ad hoc list kind of off the top of my head about different trucks that I am aware of or thinking about in the moment. Well, that's kind of what Paul's doing here. He's kind of saying, hey, there's different types of gifts like this or this or this, and they're all empowered by the same spirit who's giving them to people in the church as he wills. But what's really interesting about this, I think Paul is kind of speaking off the cuff here, writing off the cuff here about these different lists because they're not exhaustive. However, in every list in 1 Corinthians 12-14, through he always references tongues... That's all, the only consistent thing between the lists. And he always references them at the end of the list. And I do think that that is very important because what he's trying to address is that, hey, there's not just this one gift. Just like in basketball, you wouldn't just focus on your free throw percentage. You also want to focus on a bunch of other things. He's saying, hey, don't just focus on tongues. Focus on all these other gifts as well. And we actually can break these gifts down. There's going to be two lists we're going to talk about today of gifts, of spiritual gifts that God Gives us, and we're going to break them down into three categories gifts of instruction, gifts of supernatural service, and gifts of natural service. So in this list, the gifts of instruction or teaching are like wisdom and knowledge and prophecy. Gifts of supernatural service, gifts that are supernaturally given that aren't natural to us and our gifts or talents are things like faith and healing, miracles and discerning of spirits. And gifts of natural service, which we will get into in a few weeks, are gifts of tongues and interpretation of tongues. So um, I want you to know that there is actually, we have tried as a church to compile an exhaustive list because there's lists here, but there's lists elsewhere of spiritual gifts. So, and I know that sometimes that can be confusing. If you're like, wait a minute, uh, I, do I have a gift of apostleship? Well, what in the world does apostleship mean? Well, I want to invite you to go to this website, rhopecc gifts. There you can actually take a spiritual gifts test, and then you can actually go through and see how we are trying to define and interpret all of these spiritual gifts in an exhaustive list and explain what those are. So you can go to ourhope.cc slash gifts, and then you'll be able to see a list of all the spiritual gifts and a link to a spiritual gifts test. We actually, when we do Gospel for Lifes throughout the year, uh, which is our five-week exploration into the gospel um, over at our house, over a meal, um, we actually do a deep dive into spiritual gifts and explore one another's spiritual gifts there. But again, the purpose of these lists in Paul's writing is to be not exhaustive but representative. And so the point that we are making here is that we reflect Jesus' servanthood when we use these gifts. We actually model the Trinity when we use our gifts, different gifts, in different places in God's church. And we see that there are different gifts that are empowered by the triune God. Secondly, we see that there are different parts of one unified body. Now look with me at this somewhat longer passage, eight verses, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 20. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ears should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, that'd be weird, where would there be a sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, which would be even weirder, where would this be the sense of smell? As it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. And so we see that Paul is calling an analogy of the church, a local church, the local church in Corinth to the human body. And so we need elbows, we need toes, we need fingers, we need ears, we need eyes and a mouth to do different things, just like we need one another. So as Josh Young is one body, but I got two arms and two ears and one mouth, that also means that I am one body, but I'm made up of many different parts. And here's the thing. If I was missing an arm, it would be a significant loss, wouldn't it? If I was missing an ear, you'd notice it, right? So here's the thing. This is very important, that these spiritual gifts are always worked out in a local church context. Paul is writing to a local church in Corinth, and he had meant this letter to be read in the church in Corinth and other local churches. He's not speaking generally. He's not speaking about the church globally. He's very specifically talking about local church. And you cannot follow the commandments of Jesus. You cannot follow completely what the Bible wants for your life if you're not connected with a local church. You, you ha- cannot be a lone ranger Christian and thrive. And I'm actually going to put up a, a list of passages i won't read all of them i'm going to read the one at the end but you can hit pause here if you want to read these but the commandments of jesus in the scriptures are clear but i want to read the very last one down at the bottom here it says so the church throughout all judea and galilee and samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the lord and in the comfort of the holy spirit it multiplied my friends, over and over and over and over again in scriptures, it talks about one another, one another, and they were together and they were coming together and the churches were together and they were unified. And when they were disunified, Paul writes and gets them unified. And if they're factioned out, he sends people out there to unify the churches, to unify the people. And it says that when the church together, in that, that Acts passage, when the church was together together, And they had peace when the church was being built up, right? Encouraging one another. When they were walking in obedience by walking by the Spirit. And in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it says it multiplied. When people within a local church work together, it multiplies. Just like when you have a healthy body and the parts are moving correctly, you can get a lot of good work done. And here's another thing that we believe about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and about literally how the body works together is that God arranges the body how he chooses. And this is part of what drives us here at Redeeming Hope, that we believe that God gives us what we need when we need it. And we believe that he gives us who we need as a church when we need them, right? So this means that we pray faithfully and consistently, like we didn't have anyone that was helping us sing together, but now God has sent us someone named Larry and Larry is helping us sing together for the first time in like a year. And that's been amazing, but we prayed faithfully and waited and we pray and we see God provides in his timing. So this also means that we don't need to do everything in our church. That doesn't mean that we need to, everybody needs to just pour out their life and serve and serve and serve to get stuff done. We believe that God provides what we need when we need it so we have one local church many different parts so we are different parts of one unified body finally we see different roles accomplishing one mission this gets to our purpose right now look with me at first corinthians 12 verse 27 to 31 now you are the body of christ and individually members of it And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, gifts of healing, helping, administration, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. My friends, we see here again the breakdown of different types of spiritual gifts into gifts of instruction, of supernatural service, and of natural service. So look with me here at the gifts of instruction. He's talking about apostles. And I'm, I'm simplifying here, and you can go to our website, ourhope.cc gifts, and you can see a little bit more fleshed out here. But the apostles are essentially people who like to start things okay? So they're not just the initial people that were with Jesus, but the gift of apostleship is essentially the gift of entrepreneurship in the church. So there are people who like to start things. If you want to be a church planter, you have to probably have a gift of apostleship to start a new thing. Um, The idea of prophets. These, again, are gifts of instruction. People who like to communicate the truths of God so that you are obedient. So it's not just foretelling the future, it's foretelling God's message to God's people and God's timing. Actually, this sermon is taking passage of a passage of scripture and interpreting it in such and communicating it in such a way so that it encourages you to be obedient to Jesus. This is actually a gift of prophecy right now. This sermon is a gift of prophecy lived out right in front of you. Okay, so it's not just telling the future, but it's telling you this is what God's word is and this is how you can be obedient to it. Um, next, this idea of teachers. There, there are people who like to explain the truths of God so that you understand right? So it's not just so so that you're obedient, but actually teachers go on a more base level and say, do you understand what this is saying? So these are an example of some gifts of instruction that the Holy Spirit gives. Secondly, he gives gifts of supernatural service. So he talks about this idea of miracles and gifts of healing. A miracle is a demonstration of the power of God in unique ways that defy natural laws and abilities. And now a subset of a miracle is a gift of healing a demonstration of the power of God and unique physical healings that define natural laws and abilities. And there's some people that actually, Rachel and I know, when we see this especially in third world countries and elsewhere here, even in the States in Tennessee and in Nashville, that truly do have a, this spiritual gift where they lay hands on someone, they pray for them, and a physical ailment is healed or something miraculous happens in their life. And if God can create the universe and if he can create these natural laws, he can break them. And his spirit can do that. So we see, this is an example of gifts of supernatural service. Then we also see gifts of natural service as well. These ideas of helping, administration, and we'll talk about this in a few weeks of times. But helping is essentially knowing how to help and doing it without being asked. So just having an intuition about how to help others and then just diving right in. And we've seen that actually at our gatherings. People that have a gift of helps that just come right in. They know what needs to get done and they do it without being asked. Administration is knowing how to organize systems and people. And so it's not just helping, not just seeing a need and immediately meeting it, but understanding the overall structure of an organization and knowing how to organize systems and how to organize people well. And finally, the gift of tongues, knowing how to speak in other languages to communicate the gospel. That's our simplest definition of tongues. If you've got questions about that, hold on for a few weeks because we're going to do a whole sermon on what the gift of tongues is. Now, spiritual gifts can be either supernatural in origin or a natural redemption of your gifts. So an example is um, you might be talking with someone, if you're a follower of Jesus, and you just have an insight into their life that you couldn't have otherwise had except for God letting you know. Like there might be something in their past that they didn't share with you, but God might actually reveal it to you. And then you can speak and counsel with them really well in such a way that it's just like, oh my gosh, right? Like the, the eye, their eyes light up with like, how did you know that? And you're just like, I don't know, but God has a word for you, right? You, th- that is super, that's a supernatural gift, right? But there's also natural gifts that God can redeem and use for his church and the building up of his body, right? So there's certain of you that might be watching this that you grew up and you were just that kid that would always organize kickball games. Like you just loved kickball or you loved basketball or football and like you would have a crew of kids around you and you could organize a kickball game like that, right? And and, and people would just naturally follow you, right? Like that's a natural gift of leadership. Now, you can use that for good or you can use that for selfish endeavors, right? But at the end of the day, when you become a follower of Jesus, God can impart supernatural gifts to you, but he can also redeem your natural gifts like the leadership gift and use it within the context of the church. But whether they're supernatural in origin or natural, all gifts are done to glorify God and not the individual, So these are gifts for the public work of the ministry, and specifically what we're talking about in this section was gifts to advance the gospel, right? These are very explicitly spiritual gifts in nature, not just for the common good, but also to specifically communicate the gospel. And these are different roles accomplishing one mission. Now, Here's the thing, we all have common grace in our lives. So we all have gifts, we all have unique abilities and talents that we can either use selflessly or we can use selfishly in certain So you look over the course of your life and you say, I haven't placed a stake in the ground. I haven't planted my flag and given my life over to Jesus to make him Lord over my life, submitted to him. My friends, you can still do good because of this common grace in your life, but you're not yet empowered by God's indwelling spirit within you. And what happens a lot of times that I see people that love to serve and love to give of themselves to others, they can become very bitter is because they're kind of serving out of their own strength and powers. The invitation that I have for you today is to believe and then receive the empowerment of God in your life. Like these gifts and and more can be yours, but you must first believe before you can serve others. The gospel requires us to see that we have been served, that actually God accomplished the ultimate service for us by entering into human history in the person of Jesus. And Jesus lived a perfect life and he served us perfectly, and he served us to the ultimate end, to his own death. And then what happens is, is that he also rose again to prove his power, and the same power that raised Jesus from the dead can dwell inside of you. If you hear this message, believe that it's true for you, believe that you need to actually commit your life to Christ, to make him Lord and Savior over you, and then obey by making Jesus Lord over your life. If you do that, that's what makes you a Christian. And the moment you do that, the Holy Spirit comes and resides within you and then fills you both with his supernatural gifts, right, that we talked about, like gifts of insight or uh, prophetic giftings, like the ability to teach in a way that inspires people towards obedience, the ability to start new things for the gospel, the advancement of the gospel, or maybe even the ability to administrate within a church that you never had had before. He can empower you with supernatural gifts, but can also redeem the natural gifts that you have and use it for the advancement of the gospel. Now, if you're joining us and you are a follower of Jesus, you can see your natural gifts redeemed and you can see these supernatural gifts given, but you can still have the option to use these gifts to serve yourself or to serve others. The key here is humility. It's being in a church family and it's serving out of the strength in which Jesus has served us. That's how you do it right. You have humility. See, so, you know, any gift that you have is not yours but God's. You belong to a local family. So that way you're not serving selfishly, but you're serving selflessly within a family of people. And you're playing a part in that family. And then you finally serve out of the strength of Jesus because you're spending time with him, you're abiding with him. So how do you do that? How do you walk By the Spirit to use these gifts. Well, first, you have to faithfully be in the scriptures. You receive the grace of Jesus. This is how you receive the hope, the peace, the power of Jesus by abiding with Him, spending time with Him, reading the scriptures consistently. Next, being in a group where you can be served, right? Where you can be humble, where you can be transparent, where you don't have to serve and pour yourself out all the time, but you can get filled up within community. And then next, you can third attend the gatherings like watch these sermons online and show up when we meet in person that's where we can actually begin to serve one another we're meeting i'm recording this on a saturday we're meeting tomorrow morning right and if you're watching this as this video premieres it is in the morning certain people show up early they set up chairs um, everybody in the church bakes something or cooks something and brings it so we can enjoy one another this is a way to serve one another but fourth, I, I wanna make a note here of, of how we can do this well is have a healthy rhythm of service and rest, right? So you've gotta have a healthy rhythm of serving. So if you're not serving and you're part of Redeeming Hope, I want you to serve. But I also want you to have a rhythm of rest as well where you're not over-serving. A healthy rhythm. Jesus modeled this for us and a way to get started on that is going to ourhope.cc gifts. See where your gifts are and we'd love to help you find a niche for those gifts, Our main point for today was this, as we walk by the Spirit and submit to his power within us, we are given significant and special gifts and empowered to serve like Jesus served. So there's a passage that summarizes kind of beautifully how we are invited to use our gifts for the common good and the advancement of the good news of Jesus. And that's 1 Peter 4, 10 to 11, as we close. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves, listen to this gospel key, by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever.